48K News. It's 11 o'clock. I'm Steve Dunthorne. Tonight's headlines. Carrie Lamb confirms that she's bringing the curtain down on her five years in office. A leading expert on Hong Kong affairs says the CE is going at the right time and that daily COVID cases fall again, but another airline is slapped with a flight ban. Hong Kong has to have a new leader from July the 1st after Carrie Lam confirmed that she would not not seek a second term. Mrs Lam made the announcement on the first day people could file papers to run in next month's chief executive election. She said she informed Beijing of her decision a year ago and state leaders respected her wishes. Mrs Lam said her family thought it was time for her to leave office. This is a question of my personal wish and aspiration. And my personal wish and aspiration is entirely based on my family consideration. Uh, this is what I have uh, told uh, the Central People's Government and they have expressed understanding. Uh, so I am taking this earliest opportunity to inform the public uh, through the media that I will not contest uh, in the uh, coming uh, chief executive election. Lao Sukai, a vice president of Beijing's top think tank on Hong Kong, said Mrs Lam's decision was wise. He said the pandemic and social unrest in 2019 had eroded her popularity, making it difficult to continue governing the SAR. Mr Lau said Hong Kong would need a strong leader in the next five years, and he believes the central government has already decided who that should be. I think Beijing may think it's the right time for Taylor to admit the announcement, because, as far as I can see, Beijing has already been prepared to support a new person to run Hong Kong within a very short period of time. And that uh, Beijing might even have made some arrangements for the new team to come into place afterwards. So before Mrs. Lam can announce her decision to step down, she needs to have Beijing support in the first place and to allow Beijing enough time to make the preparations for her departure. DAB Chair Starry Lee praised Carrie Lam for her dedication and hard work as Chief Executive, while also pointing out her administration's failing, failings in handling the pandemic. I do respect her such decision, which I believe she must have given a careful consideration. I wish her happy family ahead. Her merit in the service should be left to history to judge. Personally, I do appreciate her, uh, her hard workings throughout her long terms of public services, her initiation and persistence, and also her sacrifice in terms of her time, effort, and family life. While it was rather unfortunate that her governance has been subject to the global climate and superpower struggle, that's quite beyond anyone's subjective hard work. The New People's Party expressed gratitude to Mrs Lam for her work over the past five years. The chairman of the Lam Kwai Fong Group, Alan Zeman, said he wasn't surprised by Mrs Lam's announcement. He said she'd had a difficult job trying to steer Hong Kong through the Omicron outbreak and had tried her best. Initially, I was kind of expecting it because just her tone and the way the uh, times that she's had the press conferences the 11 a.m. press conferences, just watching her body language, I just felt that there was a good chance that she would just finish her term and, and that was it. I think that in general, she's had her hands full and also being in, in the middle between the international community, uh, the international borders, and of course the Chinese borders being closed is not easy. 3,138 new COVID cases have been reported, down from just over 3,700 yesterday. Twelve of the new infections were imported. Ninety patients infected with COVID have died. Dr Albert Au is from the Centre for Health Protection. 
We encourage all the citizens in Hong Kong to take the LAT tests during this three end so that we can identify the silent or the hidden cases in the community and offer treatment to them and also put them under isolation to cut all the transmission chains in the community. And also through this exercise, we hope that we can collect more data on the actual situation of infection currently in Hong Kong. Meanwhile, health officials have banned Korean air flights from Seoul for a week after three passengers on a single incoming flight tested positive for COVID. The weather, mainly fine and dry. Minimum temperature in the urban areas tomorrow about 18 degrees and it will be a few degrees cooler in the new territories. Hot during the day, maximum temperature getting to around 28 degrees. Moderate east to northeasterly winds, fresh at first, and it will stay mainly fine and dry in the coming few days. The red fire danger warning is in effect. Temperature now 19 degrees, humidity 73%. You're tuned to RTHK. The time is 5 minutes past 11. The Welfare Secretary, Lord Chi Kwong, says his bureau takes responsibility for any failings in protecting care home residents during the fifth wave of the COVID pandemic. He made the comments after lawmakers passed a motion of regret at the government's failings with regard to care homes. Some 3,500 residents have died in the Omicron variant. Mr Law compared the wave to a tsunami. We have done the work with all our ability and manpower, but we still couldn't prevent the tsunami-like rise in the number of cases. When it comes to providing care for care home residents, the Labour and Welfare Bureau and the Social Welfare Department take primary responsibility. That's why if there's any problem or any shortcoming in our work handling the tsunami-like pandemic situation, the responsibility lies with the Labour and Welfare Bureau. If we have to apologise to any care home resident or their family members for the pressure they've faced, it's of course up to the Bureau to make the apology. A special exam centre will be set up at the Penny's Bay Quarantine Facility for Diploma of Secondary Education candidates who are infected with coronavirus or are close contacts of COVID patients. Officials say the centre will be able to accommodate more than a thousand pupils. Wendy Wong reports. With the COVID outbreak now easing, Education Secretary Kevin Young says the university entrance exams will go ahead as scheduled. The DSE exams will be held from the 22nd of this month to May the 14th. Candidates are required to take rapid antigen tests and fill in health declaration forms before the exams. In announcing the setting up of the special centre at Penny's Bay, Mr Young says students who are infected with COVID should consider carefully whether they ought to sit the exams based on their own health condition. They know their own health condition best. They must assess whether they are in the best condition to take the exam. If they take the exam while they are feeling very tired and feel lethargic and so on, then that may not be the best scenario. If the student is confirmed, it may be best for him or her to take more rest. But then we see that as some confirmed cases have mild symptoms, so they may like to take the exam, so we are providing this option to them. The education chief says students should contact the authorities before 6.30am if they test positive for COVID-19 on the day of their exam. If they still want to take the exam, authorities will arrange anti-epidemic taxis to take them to Penny's Bay. Mr Young warns students against covering up infections, saying this would put the safety of other candidates and invigilators at risk. 
Shanghai has reported just over 9,000 new COVID-19 infections as military personnel and healthcare workers continue the mass screening of all the city's 26 million residents. The mainland's business capital remains under a partial lockdown in the largest public health response on the mainland since the pandemic began. Mike Weeks reports. Shanghai recorded another 425 symptomatic COVID infections today, along with 8,581 asymptomatic cases. While the number of symptomatic cases fell slightly from the day before, asymptomatic infections were up by almost 800. Vice Premier Sun Chunlan inspected Shanghai's anti-epidemic work. She was quoted by broadcaster CCTV as saying while the city has to stick to the dynamic clearance policy, it is also important to keep things running in a stable manner. Shanghai began a two-stage lockdown last week with residents of the area east of the Huangpu River, which includes Pudong, undergoing isolation for four days, followed by those in western Puxi. The mainland as a whole saw just over 11,770 new local asymptomatic infections and 1,366 symptomatic cases, nearly two-thirds of which were in Jilin province. Guangdong reported five symptomatic infections and nine asymptomatic cases. Overseas, the president of Ukraine, Volodymyr Zelensky, has visited the town of Bicha near Kiev, where it's alleged that Russian troops carried out atrocities against civilians. Mr Zelensky again accused them of committing war crimes and genocide, saying they treated people worse than animals. But Mr Zelensky said he would continue to try to end the war through diplomatic and military means. The president, wearing body armour but no helmet, was encircled by troops as he spoke to international media in Bucha. It is very important for us that the press is here, that there are journalists. That is the most important thing. We really want you to show the world what happened here, what the Russian military was doing, what the Russian Federation was doing in peaceful Ukraine. Russia has again denied that its troops carried out atrocities against civilians in Bucha. The foreign minister, Sergei Lavrov, described video evidence as staged. Recently, another fake attack was carried out in the city of Bucha in the Kiev region after the Russian servicemen left the area in accordance with the plans and agreements reached. A fake attack was staged there a few days later and it's being fomented on all channels and social media by Ukrainian representatives and their Western patrons. Meanwhile, Lithuania says it's expelled the Russian ambassador and closed its embassy in Moscow. The International Red Cross has abandoned its latest attempt to evacuate civilians from the besieged Ukrainian port of Mariupol. Conditions there are particularly desperate after more than a month of blockade and bombardment. The Red Cross has been trying to organise an evacuation since last week, but says it's been too dangerous. Mariupol's mayor, Vadim Vojchenko, says people can only leave by private car or on foot. He was speaking via video link to Ukrainian media. His words here are voiced by an interpreter. Today I have to state a sad news that 90% of our infrastructure has already been destroyed, 60% from artillery or jets, and 40% we unfortunately wouldn't be able to restore. The artillery is still shelling us. Today, plus the enemy's navy are shelling Mariupol from the sea. 
The Sri Lankan President Gotabaya Rajapaksa has appointed four new ministers after the entire cabinet resigned over the economic crisis, apart from the Prime Minister, his brother Mahinda. Earlier, Mr Rajapaksa invited opposition parties to join the cabinet. But spontaneous public protests have continued against shortages of essential goods and rolling power cuts. Many of the protests have been calling for the resignation of the president. This woman was among those demonstrating. They have robbed everything from us. They have robbed the basic rights of the people. We don't have electricity for 17 long hours. No medicine. Hospitals are closed because they, we don't have medicine. A UN report on climate change due out later is expected to say that rapid systemic transformation is needed across all parts of society to ensure that the world remains livable. The Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change report will demand the rapid phasing out of fossil fuels as the top priority, together with a major expansion of renewable energy. Professor Simon Lewis of University College London says the report will be unequivocal. What they've been doing for the last two weeks is signing off a summary line by line, sentence by sentence, and word by word. And what this means is that countries don't really have an excuse now. This is the definitive guide to getting emissions down to zero, stabilizing temperatures, halting the increase in climate impacts that we see, and essentially resolving the climate change question. Sport and we start in the English Premier League where Tottenham thrashed Newcastle 5-1 to move into the top four for the first time since September. They've now won five of the last six games to go level on points with Arsenal who play Crystal Palace later tonight. Spurs boss Antonio Conte singled out Harry Kane for praise despite the England captain not getting on the score sheet. It was a pity uh, after this type of performance for Ferrari. I said to him at the end of the game, you play, you played in, a, in a, an amazing way. My disappointed only that uh, he did score, but uh, otherwise uh, he played in a fantastic way and uh, he's a great joy, no? In tennis, Carlos Alcaraz has become the youngest ever Miami Open champion after the 18-year-old Spaniard defeated Casper Ruud for his first ATP Masters title. Alcaraz showed just why many believe he's currently the hottest young prospect in men's tennis with a 7-5-6-4 victory over Ruud. But he says he's not getting carried away. I try not to think about the, I'm the only Spanish guy to, to win Miami Open. Just uh, now I think that I... It's time to keep going to um, go for the next tournaments ahead. It's amazing. It's a great success for for me. But yeah, I'm trying not to think uh, too much uh, about it. A reminder of our top stories tonight. Carrie Lamb confirms that she's bringing the curtain down on her five years in office. A leading expert on Hong Kong affairs says the CE is going at the right time. And daily COVID cases fall again. But another airline is slapped with a flight ban. And that's the news from RTHK. RTHK Radio 3 
for the band Procol Harum White a Shade of Pale Welcome to our second hour this Monday Plenty of variety for you between now and one including our sentimental journey at five past midnight but next, Doris Troy <laughs> 